Hello there. Pizza like to welcome you to Banter on Fespin. So uncivilized. Excuse me. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is week four of Banter on Bespin. I am Josh, one of your hosts here. I'm here with, along with Andy. We're a couple days late this week. Just blame Andy for that. Uh, he had to go watch AEW Dynamite in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, we didn't get a chance to record early. So we're coming at you this week with a, probably a bit of a shorter episode than usual. But uh, how you been, Andy? I'm good, yeah. I went and... and uh... Saw the AEW Dynamite show in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was a great show. And uh Yeah, that's why I didn't get home till two thirty and uh Sheets was already asleep by then, so we couldn't record at two thirty on Thursday morning. So yes, that's, you can uh, yeah. You can all blame me, but uh better late than never. And uh Sheets said this will probably be a little bit shorter episode, but we still wanted to get something out to you guys this week. So so let's just start with the news for the week. I think the biggest piece of news came out yesterday. Thankfully, we recorded late, so we could yes. cover it in in a timely manner. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake is coming exclusively to PlayStation Five and PC. It's being it's not being remade by EA. I think it's a team called Aspire that Lucasfilm is partner, partnering with. Um, it's a timed exclusive, so it'll probably be on the Xbox eventually, but when it first comes out, PlayStation 5, PC, the only way you're going to be able to play it. I never played it as a kid, but I think you played it quite a bit, Andy, so why don't you just talk about how excited you are? Man, I am so hyped about it, because uh, I remember my I'd always come home from school, and we had my Xbox in my parents' basement, and I would run down to it. We had a, I had Knights of the Old Republic. And uh, the Lego Star Wars for the uh, original Xbox. And uh, I also had the Star Wars Episode Three video game based off the movie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I am ecstatic about it because uh, I don't have an Xbox anymore. And to actually buy the physical game itself is super expensive because they never remade it. Right. Kind of hard to find. Um, but... I also don't have a PS5, so I'll have to come down to Alabama and borrow your PS5. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't. He thinks it's too expensive to buy the the game on Xbox, but he has to buy yeah. the five hundred dollar console to play it now. So it's it, it's worth it. But uh, no, and as far as I know, it's going to be a total remake. Um, the trailer was pretty cool. It was um, a female Jedi. I'm assuming mm-hmm. saying that. Uh, we have to band together to like destroy the greatest Sith and Revan ignites yep. his saber. Um, uh, so, side note: Do you think this brings it into canon, or is this just is this just a remake? And it's like you guys love the game, so we'll put it out again. But I, I think right now it's the latter because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure on the press release it said something about like that Legends canon. Mm-hmm. So how they. Um, like republish those old like Timothy Zahn yeah. uh, drawn novels and everything, but they mm-hmm. have the banner of like legends underneath yeah. it. Yeah. I believe that's what this is for now. Um, but I also believe that we're going to get Revan in 
actual canon. You think this could, be, this could be like how they kind of introduce him, but then they'll put him in a different storyline at some point. Yeah, kind of like a... Uh, I mean, old hardcore fans are already going to love him. Um, it could attract new fans, and they can kind of gauge the response like, man, this guy's one of the coolest Siths ever. I would love to see more of them. Just to kind of gauge the reaction off of it, they didn't have to, like produce any new content for it they just had to remake an old video game to kind of gauge the reaction so yeah my, my gut's telling me that uh that's what's going to happen gotcha uh, did you happen to catch a release date for that did they say no they didn't announce a release date i would say at least 2023 i wouldn't expect it next year though from what they didn't really show gameplay they just kind of teased the game i would think late 2023 if i were just guessing but there's nothing out i got you and um did we get any more news i didn't see any of uh that game that um is it dice making it or no ubisoft the uh the open world yeah uh, no they haven't really updated us on that at all either again that might be 2023 i haven't seen any gameplay from it so unless they're just keeping it under wraps and they want to put out a mega trailer and then say it's out in six months which um there's companies who've done that for sure it's but it's just hard with such major games to not update like investors on the on the production cycle so i would be surprised if it's anywhere near done yeah that's what i was thinking but um and then uh the only other piece of news I saw was, uh, again, from Star Wars Newsnet. That's where at least I get the majority of my news. They're pretty solid and uh, pretty accurate on the majority of their reports. Um, that Mandalorian Season 3 is filming until uh, late March, and uh, they're speculating we could get it in uh, late 2022. So mm -hmm. probably about the time of uh, about a year from when the Book of Boba Fett comes out this year, We'll probably get Mandalorian season three. So, so definitely a big hiatus, but it'd be worth the wait. And I have to imagine some of the Book of Boba Fett will, like some of our characters from Mandalorian season two, will probably get little updates. And I think Den's going to be in it, isn't it? You're, I think you're telling me. I don't. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw a uh, a like. A year ago, when they were still filming, like yeah. the, that, that Din Djarin was going to make an appearance. So um, it's like it's not Mandalorian season three, but it has a lot of the same cast, and it's just main, instead of being focused on Din, it's focused on Boba. Right, and uh, I know we're going to do a more like in-depth preview, um, kind of like what we've been doing with the book yeah. of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, but we're probably going to save that as our. One of our last ones, uh, right before it comes out, and we'll probably do like an hour or an hour and a half on that one to be more. Yeah. Different. But uh, I would assume that it's probably going to take place more so like in his past. So it could easily be just like a very quick cameo from Din, right? Maybe not like storyline shattering, just like a really quick cameo just to check in. Yeah, probably something. Uh, I doubt. I doubt we'll get any updates on like the dark saber or uh, no. the no. the Bo-Katan fight. That's probably inevitable, but 
No, I uh, I feel like it'll more tie into possibly the events of the Bad Batch, which we talked about again in depth in our uh, Bad Batch uh, season one review episode. Yep. But, so uh, what uh, what comic did you read this week, Sheets? I uh, well, I guess it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for week. Four of Sheets Comic Store, this podcast within a podcast. This week we're talking Star Wars Volume 2. That's real quick, right. real quick. What, what's up? I'm, I'm really glad uh, you're remembering the podcast within a podcast, episodic numbers within a regular podcast. Episode. Well, yeah, later on this episode we'll do How's It Rated, Episode 3. But for now, we're on... Sheets Comic Store, Episode 4. Episode 4. Okay, so yeah. uh, please tell us what this week's adventure was. All right, this week's adventure. So last week we discussed Volume 1, obviously. Um, so this week we're on Showdown on the Smuggler's Moon is the subtitle. So we open... I'm going to get like... The order of this wrong probably but it's still cutting back and forth between han and luke so i just i don't exactly remember exactly when it cuts to who but but the same format as last week yes it's so we open issue one of volume two is actually uh it is obi-wan's journal that i talked about last right. week right so it just kind of opens with Luke in the X-Wing with R2, and it goes, he starts reading Obi-Wan's journal, and it starts showing us, like, moments from Obi-Wan's time on Tatooine when he's protecting uh, Luke. So, we get one we get one moment where, like, Obi-Wan's walking in the desert, and Jabba's people are, like, taking water from the moisture farmers, just as, like, their water tax. And Obi-Wan is, like, clutching his fist really hard because he really wants to do something. But, like, he needs to make sure he's not caught because he needs to protect Luke. He's a solid libertarian. Yeah, basically. That's fair. I picture the husband. Then we, like, we slowly see Obi-Wan's, like, he goes into town one time. And uh, all the moisture farmers come into town and they're like, no, we're not giving you our water anymore. We want it back. And Obi-Wan, uh, as they are holding their blasters up to people, Obi-Wan, like, disables all of Jabba's soldiers' blasters at once and just kind of... And he walks away and he's like, I can never come back to town again, I guess. So, right. there was that moment. There's another... Then it cuts to a moment where Luke confronts Jabba's, like, guys out in the desert. Luke looked like he might have been, like, 12 years old. And he's just like, I'm not afraid of you guys. You're not taking our water. And as they're about to, like, they basically say, like, you'll make a good slave. We're going to take you back to Jabba. But um, Obi-Wan is off in the distance, and he kind of uses the Force to remain unseen. But at the same time, like, get these guys the hell away from Luke. Cause, okay. Yeah. So there's no, like... In the journal, there's nothing super groundbreaking, but it just it's interesting. It shows how Obi-Wan could protect Luke, while at the same time, Luke still has no clue who he is besides, like, old Ben, the crazy guy. Do they have a lot of, like, face-to-face -face interactions? or they, Like, every time Obi-Wan saved him, it was, like, using the Force from a distance. It wasn't... 
I don't even think Luke know, knew who did it. Like, he knew so someone helped him, obviously, but he didn't know who or how. So, like you said, Luke just views Ben <laughs> as, like, this old, crazy hermit. Exactly, who, yeah. Who, like, as far as he knows, has no connection with him whatsoever. Right. Okay. Okay, I got you. So it's just, it shows some really cool stories like that, and then it cuts back to Luke in the X-Wing, and he's like, this is cool, R2, but what am I supposed to do with this? It doesn't teach me anything. Why did he just leave me a journal of stories? It doesn't teach me anything. So Luke then lands, He's he decides he's going to try to find the the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. That's his that's his goal now is to go like our original one from the prequels. Yes, like that's okay. where he wants to travel there and try to find the secrets of the Jedi. I don't think he realizes how terrible of an idea that would be, but right. He lands on this pirate like this smuggler's planet. I forget what it's called, but he he goes in this bar and basically everyone he just tells people he needs he wants a ride to Coruscant. And it's a bunch of pirates that are like, get the hell out of the bar. We're going to kill you. Like, Obviously. Yeah. So then he, he pulls out his lightsaber and ignites it. And everyone's like, what? What's going on here? Who are you? And he's just like, I told you I just need a ride to Coruscant. And so the bartender's like, all right, the price is that lightsaber. And Luke is like, uh, no, that's not happening. So... Then the bartender's like, fine, we'll just kill you and take the lightsaber anyways. You're not a Jedi. It's good compromise. And Luke and Luke says, no, I'm not a Jedi, but I'm a Skywalker. While he has, like, the lightsaber ignited. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But then there's, uh, so there's Braca the Hutt is the, the, the crime lord on this planet. He's like, think Jabba the Hutt with giant muscles instead of, like, a slob. I'll, I'll, need, I'll need you to send me that later. Like, a yeah, picture. yeah, yeah. Just imagine if like Jabba's arms had big biceps and Jabba had like a broad it, chest, giant pecs. Is it like that guy on a? I'm gonna digress here real hard. <laughs> yeah. Is it like that guy on TikTok who's like, oh, I'm walking through the Tatooine gym and there's like a battle roids and then oh look, there's Jabba the pump and yeah. it's like a massive like swolled out Jabba. Yeah, think Jabba the Pump. That's Bracca. Okay. That's so. Uh, one of Bracca's like spy uh, soldiers or whatever is in this cantina, and he s- snatches the lightsaber from Luke. So then, like this chase ensues. Luke ends up tackling him and dropping. They the lightsaber falls, but then uh, Luke is captured by Bracca's people, mm-hmm. and uh, so they bring Luke into this like gladiator style. Coliseum. Think like episode two when one yeah. When they're all tied up in the Coliseum. Sort of like that. They're in like they're in like a training area. And Braca brings Luke into like his quarters and you see uh Brock hands him a Jedi Holocron and he's like, Open this in the next five seconds or I'm gonna kill you. And Luke's like, I have no clue what this is. What are you talking about? <laughs> so he says one, two, and then Luke's like, fine, I'll try. I guess I, I'll just use the force. Let Obi-Wan help. So he goes three, four, and all of a sudden, 
20 holocrons like pop up into the sky they're all opening at the same time and you get like a bunch of different jedi starting to say things and they're all just looking around so luke went from not knowing what it was to opening 20 extra ones on accident but um that's great yeah so Braca basically is he just collects like jedi yeah artifacts yeah he, he uh all of his guards use lightsabers like they say a lot of them are breaking because they don't know how to take care of them because they couldn't get into like the holocrons to kind of find about find out about the inner workings of the lightsabers and stuff but so they're just like abusing like the kyber crystals basically yeah okay. yeah um so from there they basically tell Luke, like, hey, you're going to fight in the Coliseum, so we're going to train you. And it's cuts to, uh, think like a Rancor, but twice the size and even <laughs> scarier looking. And Brock of the Hutt's like, yeah, uh, the, whole, the whole planet's going to come watch the last Jedi die. Uh, his, his guard looks, he looks like think maul without the black tattoos and obviously no horns on his head he just wears like a hood the whole time but he has okay. like the red body he has the same build like his maul okay but this is the guy who is training luke how to like lightsaber duel and luke is losing like constantly right because luke's maybe used it once or twice before this obviously but after some training sequences, Luke ends up in the Coliseum fighting this thing, whatever it is. So now we can cut back to Han and Leia and Sana on the planet from last time. And just, um, to, just to remind from last week, <clears throat> we left yep. off with Han and Leia with Han having a, a wife. Yes, Sana Solo... Uh, met Han and Leia on a planet. She walks off the ramp and she tells Leia, like, that's my husband. Um, my name is Sana Solo. Meanwhile, the Empire, there was some TIE fighters, like, there was a storm separating the planet from, like, the... from space. And the Empire was kind of afraid in the last issue to dive down to the planet because the storm was going to take some of them out. But Sana radios to the Empire, and she's like, Hey, I got Princess Leia Organa down here. I'd like to claim the bounty. And uh, Han is like, What the hell are you doing? That's, that's not going to work. So right. she's, like, um, she's like, We'll just turn Leia in, and we'll take the bounty, and we'll be back together again. And Han's like... I'm one of the most wanted rebels in the galaxy now, Sana, you idiot. You're going to get me killed, too. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Sana is just absolutely shocked that Han would have joined the rebellion because we know how Han is. Obviously. Then she basically realizes, like, oh, shit, they all three hop on Sana's ship because (laughs) uh, the galactic cruiser that they had stolen from the Empire, Sana had blown that up. That way Leia and Han couldn't escape. So they all three hop on her ship, and they escape from the Empire. As they're, um, as they do that, you get a radio message from the rebels to Leia, 
And she tells them they need to go to this planet because Luke's in trouble. And Sana's like, no, that's not happening. Um, finally, she, Leia's like, well, what do you want? What will make you take me there? She said, I want Han back. Leia's like, please, by all means, take him. I, I just need to go find Luke. Sounds like my wife. She would take yeah. that deal in a heartbeat. This whole time, Han's denying they're married. He says, uh, it was a fake wedding meant to, like, trick someone else back on a planet years ago. Like the which, old classic Vegas weddings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he, he said, like, they never legitimately got married. Um, so, from there, they go try to find Luke. Meanwhile... Back on, like, the Rebel base, we get Chewbacca and C-3PO. Um, the the Rebel leader at this base is like, yeah, we can't really send any help. I don't have any volunteers anyways, and we can't send that many people in just to try to save one guy, even if he did blow up the whole Death Star for us. But right. Chewbacca and C-3PO are like gung-ho they're like yeah we got to go save luke so they also head to the planet at the same time um when they get to the planet there's another bounty hunter who kind of he attacks chewbacca he has him down it looks like he's gonna take him out and uh, right. the guy's like chewbacca's like c-3p is asking him what he wants and chewbacca and he basically says i want han solo cut to a blaster bolt hitting the hitting the bounty hunter han says uh, i'm right here and the guys the guy falls off a building and gets like splat basically that's great that i feel like that's such a classic han moment definitely yeah it, it would have fit really well in a movie for sure yeah like i mean as you were saying it i was like mm -hmm. just imagining all of that happening and yeah uh, yeah that's that's freaking cool yeah for sure um so from there, our whole gang's back together, minus Luke at this point. Right. So um, the whole rest of the gang heads over to the Coliseum. Meanwhile, um, they see about 12 TIE fighters fly overhead, and they, that's kind of how they know where to go. Because right. they're like, ah, Luke's probably that way. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we cut back to Brock of the Hut and his... Uh, his minion I told you about that kind of looked like Maul or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, as Luke is fighting this giant Rancor-looking thing, the the guy turns his saber on Bracca, and he's like, basically reveals he's been an Imperial spy for like three years working for Bracca the Hut, and uh, he was like, you you thought you could amass the largest collection of Jedi artifacts, and the Empire wouldn't take notice, like. Yeah, that's so we get uh, we get Jabba the Swole basically yeah. like super pissed off, and then that's when the Tie Fighters kind of land, and the whole the stormtroopers come in, and Luke is just trying to kind of fight off this monster. Meanwhile, the stormtroopers are now also there, so it's just a big hectic battlefield basically that Luke's just surviving. And uh, eventually, there's a little face-off with the the Imperial spy slash lightsaber wielder slash the trainer. The trainer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And obviously, Luke survives. But uh, right. from there, 
it was just like typical end of a Star Wars story. The rebels kind of they save, win save, and save Luke and save Luke and win the day, and then uh, you're all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go <laughs> home. Yeah, and then one of the one of the Imperials returns back to to end the volume two. They return back to Vader. And they tell him what went down, and we get like Vader clenching his fist and like ready to kick some ass. So I'm thinking, thinking Volume Three is gonna have some more Rebel Vader confrontation for sure. That's cool. It uh, the way you described it, it I definitely got uh, like Battle of Geonosis vibes in the yeah, like it kind of starts off on like a small scale, mm-hmm. Luke versus the Beast, a similar. Yep. Uh, Anakin, Obi Wan, and Padme versus their three respective beasts. It was and definitely they definitely took some cues from that scene. I think it's just like bigger because the Imperials come down, crash everything. Yeah, yeah. Like clones did. I forgot in the battle. There's also a moment where like um, R two has gone back to the back, and he I told you they had like a collection of lightsabers. Yeah, so R two has taken like six lightsabers and there's a moment in the battle where the rebels look like they're kind of about to get their head kicked in but r2 just like shoots everybody a lightsaber so there's a there's a moment where uh han and leia and chewbacca and luke all have lightsabers and they're fighting off stormtroopers and of course, Han is like, uh, "You don't, you don't have a blaster, do you? I'd prefer a blaster." I was gonna say, did Han yeah. have a comment about like, uh, yeah, that's much more of a blaster guy. That was definitely the highlight of the the last issue there. That's cool. That seemed like it was a pretty good uh, follow up to the first one, the first issue. Definitely, I think um, from all the comics I've read, this has the most like canonical impact that it could. There's not. Unless you're going to do a prequel or a sequel, you can't completely change the story, obviously. But right. I feel like this just it adds a lot of depth to the characters without taking away from the original trilogy. Right, especially kind uh, of how we talked about last week, like Han and Leia's relationship. Yes, yeah. Like, it gives us more backstory of, like, in Episode Five, why they were still... Kind of bitter toward each other. Yeah. And I also feel like it kind of uh, kind of backs up Luke's decision in Empire to go save Han mm-hmm. and um, yeah. when he was training with Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, because they came and saved him. And, I mean, he saw the visions on Dagobah. Right. I feel like this kind of, like, mentally backs up his choice of, uh, mm-hmm. I... They're they're like they're genuine friends. You can tell. Yeah. I feel like these comics are building. I sh- I should mention that the uh, I believe the the person who goes back to report to Vader is a Gungan, and it was really? like they had the they had the comic bubble obviously, and it used like Misa and all the. The normal, and all I could think was jar like Darth Jar Jar, but uh, it was a it was a completely different Gungan. It was just it was just funny to read it in my head as it was going on. 
like a super serious moment and like Vader's like so mad. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is uh Exactly. You know this voice is like man, I'm about to put this lightsaber through your ears, man. <laughs> like you ain't about to last through this. That's great. Yep. That's great. So uh yeah, how would overall, you I'm gonna go it wasn't quite as good as volume one, so right. I'm gonna go three and three quarter lightsabers. Okay, okay. Three and three, three quarter and three lightsabers. Quarter. Out of five. So we have like three regular lightsabers and Yoda lightsaber, and then like a youngling lightsaber. We'll say a, a Yogu and a Grogu stacked on top of there each other. There we go. That'll work. That'll work. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get Grogu's lightsaber. We'll get it. We'll get it. All righty. Well, thank you, Sheets, for episode four of Sheets Comic Corner, a podcast within a podcast. And uh, I think right now we're going to hear a word from uh, one of our sponsors. where the toys are as small as little baby Annie. We sell all kinds of your favorite toys, and you can also get yourself a deck of Sabat cards or a nice hollow chessboard while you're at it. Just remember, we don't accept Republic credits. You've got to pay with something more real. And mind tricks don't work on us here. Only money. No money, no deal. We're located in the Black Spire Outpost on Batu. Open seven days a week. Now back to the show. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for uh, for our sponsor who uh, sent that in this week. We greatly appreciate it. And yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's back to the, the first couple weeks sponsor, I think. But yeah, after, last week, after last week, I felt like it was important. We just we stuck with what we knew. Uh, we'll yeah. look for other sponsors in the coming weeks. But last week, just kind of jaded us to the process for a while yeah we had to do a little bit more vetting uh and than normal so uh we we had to come up with a more process because uh we we got some fan mail sent in um and uh it was not great so uh we for sure again this podcast does not support any uh specific political or uh, worldviews, um, especially from uh, what palps at gmail dot. Uh, I think it was palps dot sithlord at Sith empire dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we don't know who that was, but uh, we can guarantee, uh, hopefully, that uh, he shouldn't pop up anymore. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll have to. We'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. Anyways, I think we have one more segment for you guys this week, so I think it's important now that we cut to How's It Rated? Episode 3 of this podcast within a podcast. This week, I'm asking Andy Grogu. How's it rated? Grogu. How's it rated? Now, let's just, for context, ladies and gentlemen, we all love Grogu. But the the fanfare, the Walmart shelves are constantly filled with 30 different Grogu's that look almost identical. They're just slightly different prices, slightly different textures. Maybe one makes a little noise. Maybe one, you can play bop it on one of them. Something like that. But uh, in terms of his impact on the story, 
within the Star Wars universe? Is it worthy of all the attention? Right now, right now, Grogu is overrated, in my opinion. Again, man, we just lost, like, all 12 listeners. I'm sorry, everybody. But, uh, like, you prefaced with all the merchandise, with everything else. His impact and his story has uh, probably caused a lot more death around Din Djarin's life in close circle than uh, he's caused a lot of indirect accidents. Um, but as of right now, I feel like he will probably be, I mean, honestly, he'll still probably be like overrated because of all the merch. And I think we're getting a Macy's Thanksgiving hot air balloon of him with his pommel. Well earned this Thanksgiving, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think, uh, right now, um, in, in, uh, September of 2021 with Grogu's place in the star Wars story. I do believe Grogu is slightly overrated. Um, uh, fellow listener. I just want to make it clear that Andy does not speak for banter on Bespin as a, as a company, as a podcast. And I want to make my feelings known that Grogu is underrated at this time. I think there should be more options for Grogu toys. I think I should be able to buy Grogu toilet paper. I should be able to go get Grogu potato chips. I should get Grogu Grogu yogurt. Go Grogurt. Grogurt should be on the Look here, you can buy all that junk anyway. All you're going to do is just waste your... And look, people are going to listen to this and think that I absolutely hate Grogu. And I don't. I love the guy. He comes up clutch in big situations. I just think he's overrated as of right now. Listen, I I have the editing finger. I can make you say that you hate Grogu based on what you just said. I can cut out that you don't hate Grogu. I think Andy is just not being fair to just the cutest little thing in the Star Wars galaxy. I mean, his importance to the two seasons of The Mandalorian cannot be understated. I mean, this child starts in episode one. He's just sitting there in his little baby cradle. All the way up to the finale of season two, the whole storyline is based around this child. So even if it hasn't been actions he's been doing, we got two complete seasons of a television show solely because of what was going on with this child. The Empire wants the child. Din wants the child. Luke Skywalker wants the child. And you're going to tell me he's underrated? You got Luke Skywalker coming after... No, no, here, here, no. No, listen to this. So, all right. What's the difference between Grogu and the little youngling that said, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? There's absolutely no difference. The difference is Master Skywalker got sliced down in 30 seconds. Grogu used his cuteness, his power, and his force abilities to survive for two full seasons when... You got Moff Gideon chasing after this guy. Let's put Moff Gideon in context, folks. This is like, this is like Grand Admiral Thrawn level of villain almost. I mean, he's like a step below Thrawn, and this guy is this concerned with Grogu for two full seasons, and Grogu is surviving. I mean, okay, no, see again, I disagree. He's just surviving because like he's one of the last Force users that we know. Again, what? We don't know anything about Grogu. We don't. 
We don't know his species name. We don't know how he got to where he was. We don't know how he escaped from the Jedi Temple. We don't know how he got to where he was in the pilot. We don't know anything about him. All that we know is that he's like somewhat important. But I mean, is he is he more important than Ahsoka at this point? No. So do you believe from 1977 until episode one of the prequels came out that Yoda was overrated? Because we didn't know any of that about Yoda. No, I mean, because, we knew... no, because we were told that he is the greatest Jedi master ever. We were told at the time he trained Obi-Wan, that he trained Luke Skywalker. And then we saw how powerful he was when he raised the X-Wing. I mean, Grogu is doing rudimentary level one hundred Jedi course stuff. It's it's no different than a normal Padawan. Please name me one other Jedi that you have seen take a dying man in Carl Weathers' character who was literally bleeding out. Grogu lays his hand on the guy as I know he's a hundred years old, but the equivalent of like a ten year old rather regular youngling is pretty much the equivalent he lays his hand on the guy and heals him and the guy the next day can go into freaking the mission like he's just completely healed that's okay. not regular force power all right i'm gonna get a lot of heat for this ray skywalker she did the same exact thing okay so you're telling me grogu is on the level of ray skywalker who got a whole trilogy of movies who is no, clearly think, one of the I most think... powerful force users we've ever seen I think Ray Skywalker is overrated. Ray Skywalker defeated Emperor Palpatine. Whether you enjoyed the storyline or not, you can't deny her force abilities. Mace Windu would have destroyed Emperor Palpatine. Uh, so you're saying Ray Skywalker is on the level of Mace Windu, one of the most powerful Jedi of all time? Anybody with a lightsaber. If Kit Fitzo wouldn't have sacrificed his life, he would talk about an underrated Jedi. He would have been able to defeat Emperor Palpatine. Now you know you're just making things up. Emperor Palpatine is one of the strongest dark side users in history. I know it was, it might have been a clone, it might have been him reborn somehow, but he still had, like, a majority of his force ability. He just didn't have the ability to move his body. Wow, what a, what a great ability then. Wow, I can do anything I want except move my arms. That's fantastic. That's he can move his arms just fine, and you see the lightning shooting out, shooting that's, out of there? That's really useful. Uh, bottom line, Grogu, as of right now, I love the character. I just think he's overrated. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Andy hates Grogu, the most underrated character in all of Star Wars. You know, the uh, the original idea for this podcast was meant to be a debate show, and uh, this was the first debate. It only took four weeks, and Andy lost convincingly. They won convincingly. <laughs> I won convincingly. I will ladies put and a gentlemen, out. Ladies and gentlemen I want you all, when I put up a post on our Twitter, on our Instagram this week, I want you all to go to the comments, tell us, is Grogu underrated or is Grogu overrated? We'll let you de we'll let you decide who won this debate. And if only one fan responds, and that's my wife, and she agrees with me, well, that's just too bad. As of right now, Grogu is overrated. I stand by that statement. He could be underrated after Mando season three. I don't know, but as of right now, Grogu is overrated. I love the guy. He's super cute, super likable. I just think he's overrated. I I think I've made my case, ladies and gentlemen. You let us know. Uh, I think. That's pretty much all we had for this week. A bit of a shorter episode. Uh, next week we'll be back to our regular Wednesday schedule. We'll 
probably be discussing uh, Ahsoka, the series, I believe, is our plan, right, Andy? Yes, yes. Um, do uh, might be a little bit longer episode because we believe uh, Ahsoka, the character, and Ahsoka, the show, deserves a little bit more attention. So For sure, definitely. Probably be about as long as our Obi-Wan preview, uh, but same format, um, given our preview and predictions with it. So please uh, join us next week on a banter on Bespin. And uh, in the meantime, um, as she said, please follow us. Uh, I think he started up an Instagram page. That's, That's uh, at banter on Bespin on Twitter as well as Instagram. You can check us out. Yeah, please uh, give us a like and share and uh, please subscribe to this podcast. And uh, we'll see you all guys next Wednesday. May the force be with you.